0: Alright, hey everybody, and welcome to Cipher Sword Dice, a D&D Game Club's podcast. My name is Austin Roberts.
1: And I'm Michael Hanson.
0: And we're here to talk to you about two more prestige classes, starting off with the Archmage, and later we're moving on to one of Michael's favorite, the Assassin.
1: Ah, he's always a good default prestige. <laughs>
0: Alright. <laughs> I'm going to put, I'm going to go out on a limb right now with the Archmage, and I'm going to put the Archmage on a little D&D scale right 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 from the get-go i'm putting this on the druid and paladin level as in i get it i get why it's there i am never going to play it
1: <laughs> fair enough
0: All i right. uh, i'll have to hold off to the end because i honestly never even read the archmage All right. so let's do the it archmage need 15 ranks in arcane and 15 in spellcraft so you're going wizard with this Uh, You need uh, skill focus, spellcraft, and spell-focus in two magical schools. You need to be able to cast seventh-level arcane spells, knowledge of fifth-level or higher spells from at least five of the schools. So, you have to be uh, a level 13 wizard, or level 14 uh, sorcerer before you can do any of this uh, abilities. And... It would be beneficial because, but if you if you go deeper into D D, the knowledge of fifth level spells uh, means that you have to know spells from them. So it's probably better to be a wizard because you don't because having that five spell is there aren't a lot of cool fifth level spells. You want to take so maybe maybe this would be worse as as a sorcerer uh, as all magical arcane people. You got you got that D four, so no ups, no downs, skill points. Two plus intelligence modifiers, no ups, no downs. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> uh, All right. Features. Yeah.
1: Weapon and armor proficiency. Um, you're an archmage, and as that basically sounds like, um, archmages gain no proficiency with any weapons or armor. You're a super wizard, so who needs armor and weapons? And uh, honestly, uh, that's okay. Okay. Because you're a super wizard, and like we talked about, a wizard is one of those professions that you really could take it to 20 and still be good. So that's all right.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Spells known slash spells per day. Uh, When an an Archmage level is gained, a character gains new spells per day and spells known if applicable. As if he had also gained a level in whatever Arcane Spellcasting class that they could cast the 7th levels before entering into the Prestige. He does not, however, gain any other benefit a character of that class would have gained. If a character had one or more Arcane spellcasting classes, they must choose. Uh, And once it's chosen, you cannot undo it. Uh, And now this is the... this part? If you remember my my Wizarding stuff. uh, Or is this... Hold on, let me just take a... Uh...
1: Well, while he's looking that up, I'll talk about this real quick. Uh, one thing that we are going to come up, and this will come up in prestige classes a lot, just so we can um, you know, avoid bothering you by reading it every single time. Um, I mean, we did it with the Arcane Trickster, and now we've got here the second example, the Archmage. This is actually a very common thing uh, with caster prestiges. Is that they will add on to the spells you gain and learn using the chart of your base class or one of the bases? Like in this, it says you choose between, like it did in the Arcane Trickster. Um, and so, basically, just so we don't have to, uh, or so we don't say it all the time, just to get on your guys's nerves, um, it's a very regular thing with prestige classes. We'll let you know when it appears. We'll let you know
0: when it's significantly different. But just so we got that on the DL. <laughs> We're good. All right. Uh, an Archmage gains the opportunity to select a spell, a special ability from, uh, from among those described below by permanently eliminating one existing spell slot. So one of your spell <laughs> slots will be this every day for the rest of the character, no matter what. Each ability has a minimum required spell slot as specified in the description. Uh, you may go higher. Uh, sorry, and she cannot eliminate a spell slot of a higher level spell than the highest spell she can cast. But you're already at level 7, so there's literally only 2? And all you have to do is wait 3 levels. So, be patient. Uh, an Archmage may choose to eliminate a spell of a higher level than that required to gain, the type, uh, to gain the type of high arcana. Pro tip, you almost never want to do that. Yeah, literally... <laughs> never go higher like the only time that is the only time that that eliminating a higher spell slot for a low spell slot is actually wait now now that now think about it the words i'm going to say are stupid so we're moving on because <laughs> clerics have spontaneous casting and i forgot how spontaneous casting works all right <laughs> so here we go then here's some of the abilities that you can scrap your old spells for uh arcane
1: fire the Archmage gains the ability to change Arcane Spell Energy into Arcane Fire, manifesting it as a bolt of raw magical energy. So the bolt is a ranged touch attack with a long range, holy shit, 400 feet plus 40 feet per level of Archmage. Um, as we talked about, you know, even at level one Archmage, you can do this 440 feet away that deals 1d6 points of damage per class level of the Archmage. Plus one d6 points of damage per level of the spell used to create this effect. This ability costs one ninth level spell slot. So, um, what's really interesting about this is the ninth level spell, which is your highest level. Um, which means you're giving up something like like what we talked about, banshees whale, or which is our usually go-to incredible, or like wish is a really good one. You're getting rid of these incredible level nine spells for the ability to basically just shoot somebody across the map and instantly kill them.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, and I, I just I just read a little bit. I take back what I said about this class at the beginning and I'm going to reserve my thing because I confused this class with the Red Wizard. So I'm going to retract my statement uh, right now on how good this class is and reserve mine for the end. Uh, arcane Reach. The Arcane... Uh, the Archmage can use spells within range of a touch, uh, of touch up to, uh, on a target up to 30 feet away. The Archmage must make a ranged touch attack. The Arcane Reach can be selected a second time as a special ability, in which case the range increases to 60 feet. This ability costs one seventh level spot slot per time you want to take it. So that's... I can't think of too many, uh, Arcane Touch Attacks Touch Attacks are pretty much reserved for the Divine classes. But if there are any good ones that uh, sadly don't come to the top of my head, being able to cast them at a distance is good. Just It's just good. Yeah, it
1: is good. My only concern would be, um, just looking at it, all some of the best Mage spells anyway um, aren't Touch attack. So, I feel like if you did this, you would have to have an idea very clearly in your mind that you wanted to do with it. Because well, otherwise, you already have stuff like Fireball or like that that has just an asinine range.
0: That's true, but... Like, the spell list is so long, I haven't read all of them. But there's yeah. there's gotta be a good Wizard Touch uh, attack. Somewhere there. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> right. Mastery... no, we...
1: Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Mastery of Counterspelling. When the Archmage Counterspells a spell... It is turned back upon the caster. Okay, this is actually really cool. As if it were fully affected by a spell-turning spell. The spell cannot be affected by spell-turning. For example, if it's a spell that affects an area, then it is merely counterspell. This ability costs one seventh level spell slot. So looking at it, they don't even have to make a DC. Basically what this is, is you prepare it, go, okay, I'm going to wait and counterspell. And then as soon as somebody within range of you casts it, you just, no.
0: And it shoots back at him. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, they could be yeah. like, they could be like, "I'm going to give your fighter minus four to strength." You'd be like, "No, back at your face. Oh, you're a wizard. You have none. Oh, now your negative is on you, and you're paralyzed because you have no strength." That's ag- right, or actually, with this, you could even like, it, even I know you don't like the spell very much, Michael, but you could reroute somebody's magic missile back at their face. You could reroute a magic <laughs> missile. It's like the, one of the few times which counterspell is uh, good, because counterspelling is complicated. Uh, Alright. The mas- you, beca- you you can gain, gain mastery of elements. Uh, the Archmage can alter an arcane spell when cast to utilize a different element from the one it normally uses. The ability can only alter a spell with acid, cold, fire, electricity, or sonic descriptor. The spell's casting time is unaffected. The caster decides whether to alter the spell's energy and type and choose a new type when they begin casting that particular spell. The ability costs 1 8th level spell slot. Uh, that's alright. Is... No, no. no, level no. Eight. This is actually insanely good. Really? <laughs> well, think about it, Michael. You have a fire spell, and that's all you know as a wizard because you haven't been able to get a lot, or you're playing a sorcerer and you have a fire spell. You go up because something that's immune to fire, you're screwed. Ah, and then you can on the fly be like, oh, this is a this is a fire elemental. Don't even want this fire. Oh look, it's now cold. This is the most useful one we've read so far. Even though it right. is eighth level, if I was to take an archmage, I would take this. I would definitely, definitely take this. Especially if you were maybe you could justify it if you're not a wizard. I mean I mean, if you're a wizard, maybe you couldn't justify it because your spell slots are so small. But if you are a sorcerer and you have those the uh, those extra two or three, there is no reason you wouldn't take this as a sorcerer.
1: That's a fair point. Alright, so now we got mastery of shaping. The archmage can alter area of effect spells that use one of the following shapes, burst cone, cylinder, emanation, or spread, which is just about all of them. The alteration consists of creating spaces within the spells area of effect that are whoa, that are not subject to the spell. The minimum dimension for these spaces is 5 foot cubed. Furthermore, any shape spells have a minimum dimension of 5 feet instead of 10 feet. This ability costs one six level spot. I would get this immediately. As soon as you become the archmage. take mastery of shaping. This is awesome. Okay, that's actually really cool. All of your spells that accidentally might kill your whole damn party, you can just make your party exempt from.
0: Yeah. This is awesome. Fireball's now in a cone, so I can just angle it wherever I want it to be. Uh, lightning bolt isn't in a line that's going to go through my whole party. It's in a ball centered around my enemy. Like you, like literally, fireball I mean, I becomes lightning you might be bolt. Reading
1: it lightning... wrong, hmm? I just realized. So what it's saying here is that you can make a five foot area that's just immune to the effects, so you don't change what it does. So your fireball is still a burst, just an explosion. But there's little cubes that your allies are standing in that are immune to damage.
0: Oh, that's even that's actually better yeah, than what I thought. Is awesome. This is <laughs> awesome. This this removes, like, all of the negative things that come with Fireball. And there are a lot of negative things that come with, like, Fireball, Chain Lightning, and things. But if you can just be like, my bro's not getting hurt, kill everybody
1: else. One thing that I really like about this, ah. just looking at it, um, and this is something I really want to bring up, is that the way that Wizards and almost every single game ever, for logical reasons, balances AoE abilities is with Friendly Fire. So, like, that's a really good way to balance an ability. Like, oh, I can make an ability, like, that just kills everybody in this one area. Ooh, but your allies are going to get hit? This literally circumvents the way that most companies and game makers will basically balance their AoEs. And it only costs you a sixth level. And since you're already at seventh levels and we know that because it's a requirement for the class, I would take this goddamn skill immediately. screw a level six you'll have enough of them you'll be fine but this like this is awesome
0: uh spell power the ability increases the arse effective level by one four it lists them all but i'll say it it's everything involving the spell literally everything involving the spell is just one higher this ability costs you a level fifth level spell slot i would take it immediately for the sole reason, not all everything else is cool. But for the sole reason of Michael, think of think of every DnD campaign you've been in, how many that, that you've run, how many of your players would have died if a DC if a saving throw was one difficulty higher? Um, no, this is uh, this is
1: a good one. I don't know because reading it, um, I'm not sure if you can sacrifice. It sounds like obviously you can sacrifice more than one. So if I were to be playing this character, I agree with Asuna 100%, I would take Mastery of Shapering, Spell Power, and drop undodgeable, unblockable AoE bombs that don't hurt my allies. And that would be my Archmage. Which, when I say the word Archmage, sounds like an Archmage. So well done on the flavor, Wizards.
0: (laughs) D&D writers, you you have found one. Uh, uh, We have found a second Arcane Archer, it feels like.
1: Another shenanigan. This is one of those classes, and this is one thing, like, when we get into the Assassin, you'll see what we're talking about. Um, And it's kind of what we talked about with the Fighter and with the Bard, where outright these professions look okay, or these classes look okay, um, but like the Arcane Archer in this, if you're more familiar with the game and you're more of uh, kind of a veteran who knows the bizarre things that exist in these books because there's hundreds on hundreds of spells these become some of the funnest prestige classes to play because you pull your one line of rule out of a book that was written three years after 3.5 was written and was printed once in a magazine somewhere that counts. Like, that's what this kind of prestige is. Michael? Yeah?
0: I know that we're going in order of uh, you read, one, I read one, but because uh, my nerd boner is intense right now. Can I please read Take the your, next one? Thank <laughs> you. now. Listen closely. The archmage who selects this type of high arcana can use one of her spell slots, other than the one expanded to, to learn to learn this icona, to permanently. I, I repeat, permanently prepare one of her arcane spells as a spell-like ability that can be used twice per day. The Archmage does not use any components when casting the spell, although although spells that do cost XP uh, still do, and a spell with a material uh, material component instead costs her ten times that amount in XP. The ability costs one fifth level spell slot. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, The ability normally uses a spell slot... Uh, the spell-like ability uses a spell slot of the spell's level, although the Archmage can choose to make a spell modified by a metamagic feed into a spell ability at, of the, at the appropriate level. The Archmage may use an available higher level spell slot in order to use the spell-like ability more often. Using a spell slot three levels higher than the chosen spell allows her to use the spell-like ability four times per day. And a spell slot six levels higher, six times per day. So you can you can take, like, a Whale of the Banshee. Like, you can take one of your ninth level spell slots and then permanently have, like, six versions of, like, Fireball that are just there. Jesus. That are just a spell-like abilities that are just nothing. Uh wow. That it's, is it's actually good, pretty cool. But it is that's costly. Giving up a, a use of like wish, but you'd get six fireballs in return, this is one that would keep wizards up, like wizard players up at night, and would have to be catered to you would you would have to like analyze your DM before you made this decision on what they're going to do and how useful this is per campaign. But yeah,
1: that's cool. (laughs) All right, so we spent a lot of time on the Archmage, so we kind of got to jump. We'll jump right into the Assassin uh, really quick. We'll give it our rating at the end. Um, So just jumping into the Assassin... Um, I'll give you the flavored text, even though you won't need it because it's an assassin, and I bet you all <laughs> can guess exactly what the assassin does. I'll give you a hint, assassinate. Um, the assassin is the master of dealing quick blows uh, that are lethal. I wonder what that could be called. Uh, in short, assassinating. Um, so basically, alignment, and I love this. Um, Because one of my favorite things to play is evil, because I like to do lawful evil, because if you can justify it, you become a very weird character very rapidly. Um, And so alignment, you just have to be evil. Um... Wow. You can start this at level five rogue. Um, I would suggest being a rogue, um, because all you need is four ranks in disguise. Great. Um, Eight ranks in hide. Great. Great. And move silently eight ranks. Uh, great. That's it. That's all it takes. So, basically, since you can get all that at level five, at level six you start as an assassin. But you must also kill a character. So kill someone. It can be an NPC. It can be whatever. It's up to your DM, really. For no other reason than to join the assassins. Um, one thing that's important to say here is you're a rogue. Killing a random beggar is not going to be the hardest thing in the world for you. Um especially when they're just a peasant. You could probably just off them really quick. And then at level six, you start your prestige. And though the assassin is kind of basic, and we'll get into this, the assassin is a very bread and butter yeah. <laughs> kind of, like, pre- prestige class. Where it's not like, wow, you're playing an assassin, but it's like, ah, I'm glad we have an assassin in the party.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh... All right. You want to take it off?
0: Yeah, they get yeah uh... Yeah, they get D6 hit die, they get four intelligence modifier skill points, so they're taking a hit on the skill points, which is a bummer for people like me who are uh, skill point uh, whores. Uh, So, and then weapon and proficiency, the uh, the assassin's weapon training focuses on weapons suitable for stealth, seek attacks, assassins are proficient with crossbow, hand light and heavy, dagger any type, the dart, rapier, sap, basically you're just proficient in whatever the rogue was. Uh, and they proficient with Lyammer, but not with any shields. Uh, they get additional sneak attack dice at their first, third, fifth, seventh, and ninth levels. So they get, like, what is that? Uh, by the end of it, you'll have, like, around seven, uh, just like the Arcane Trickster. Uh, but you're actually going to want to be in combat, unlike the Arcane Trickster. Yes. And it, oh. does, and it does stack, again, with the Rogue uh, ones as it specifies.
1: So this brings up, then, um, one of uh, the very fun aspects of the assassin, um, and I would like to talk about this. um, The attack is called death attack. uh, Death attack. Death death attack. Death death (laughs) attack. It's called death attack. Uh, If you can't guess what it does, uh, it assassinates. (laughs) If an assassin studies a victim to three rounds and then makes a sneak attack with a melee weapon that deals damage. The, um, the attack has the additional effect of possibly either paralyzing or killing the target. Assassin's choice, which is hilarious, because um, for some reason when I read that, I thought of, like, Chef's choice.
0: Uh.
1: And then, I don't know, I figured out that uh, The sneak attack has the additional effect of possibly either paralyzing. While studying the victim, the assassin can undertake other actions, as long as his attention stays focused. Um, and... Uh, the target does not attack the assassin, or they recognize the assassin as an enemy. The victim of such an attack fails a fortitude save, DC 10 plus the assassin's class level, plus their int modifier. Against the kill effect, they die. Um, but what's really important is if you choose death, Uh, Or no, if the saving throw fails against the paralysis, effect, the victim's mind and body become enervated, rendering her helpless and able to act for 1d6 rounds plus round for every level of assassin. If the victim's saving throw succeeds, the attack is just a normal sneak attack. Once the assassin has completed the three rounds of study, he must make the death attack within the next three rounds. If the death attack is attempted and fails, the victim makes her save. Or if the assassin does not launch an attack within three seconds of completing the study, three new rounds of study are required before attempt another death attack. That is a breath ball, but let me sum this all up for you. <laughs> Most of the time, you're not going to be doing your death attack during combat. Very rarely will that happen. You still can, of course, but um, not when there's a lot of army. What's really cool about this is one round in D&D is six seconds, I believe. Um, yes. I believe ten rounds is it, a minute. It,
0: it is six seconds around.
1: round. So... If you stare at somebody out of combat for 18 seconds and then attack them in the next 18 seconds, which is all very plausible, you get a free assassination. Which is great.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a class this is a this is a <laughs> ability that is 100% useless in combat, but very useful in the role playing. And like the navigating a city thing, this is this is one that I would not take if it's if your campaign is going to be combat heavy, but roleplay heavy. So like in my campaign, that uh, that my brother-in-law is running, an assassin would be very good. But if it was like one of the campaigns I ran in college, this would be terrible, horrible. Uh, poison use, The assassins are trained in the use of poison and never risk accidentally poisoning themselves when uh, applying poison to a blade because we've never covered poisons yet, I'll just say what happens when that happens. Um, They undergo the full effect of a poison. So if your poison does like 3d6 dex damage, that happens to you. Granted, it is only ever on a a natural one that that you poison yourself. But that's a very high chance when some poisons are like insta-death, they're paralysis there, mm. a stat modifier risk is, It's that's, you want to not have that happen to you. Ooh. I so, forgot, I forgot uh, this part of assassins.
1: This part is interesting. I'm going to skirt it a little bit um, because we've read so much about it, but basically um, assassins gain the ability to cast arcane spells um, in the same way, manner as like a wizard or a sorcerer Um, and they get, um, so they get the spells at each level like that, and they're, uh, intelligence-based. Um, basically, that's what all of this says, looking at it, it's talking about the fact that assassins are getting a bunch of spells, however, upon reaching... Um, level 6, at every even number level after, an assassin can choose to learn a new spell in place of one they already know. The new spell's level must be the same as the spell that's being exchanged, and it must be two levels lower than the highest assassin spell cast. For instance, upon reaching level 6, an assassin can trade in a single first-level spell, two spell levels below the highest-level sorcery he can cast, which is third for a different first-level spell. At 8th and 10th, he can trade in a single one or second-level um, you know, because now he can cast fourth level for a different spell at the same level. An assassin may only swap a single spell at any given level and must choose whether or not to swap the spell at the same time he gains the new spells. Uh, and what's also very important about all of this is that he casts spells in the same way that a bard does, Um, which means you have a lot less requirements on the wizard. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, because if I remember correctly... And catching him wrong I haven't actually played a bard in an awfully long time but I don't think we had to prep skills or spells no I believe they're just ready every day and that's actually great because you're gonna spend most of your nights awake as an assassin anyway
0: uh the the bard has to like every like like everyone has to prepare their spells for, for like a little bit um but for like the bard and for like the wizard I mean for the sorcerer it's like you meditate. I think the bard has to like sing for like a couple minutes every morning. You like warm up his pipes, tune the old mandolin. It's not long, like it's a very short time. Where like the wizard's like an hour. Like you have to read a book for an hour, and that's a long time. Sometimes you know, you know, the fighters bugging you. Like why can't we get going? It only takes me ten minutes to put my armor on. It's like eh. All right. Uh, base save against poison. Uh, at they gain uh, the assassin is trained with poisons. Uh, this is reflected by a natural saving throw bonus to all poisons gained at second level and increased by one every two levels. So yeah. So at second, uh, second uh, plus two at f- uh, plus one at the beginning, plus two at four, plus three at six, four at eighth, and five at tenth. So you just get a plus. So eventually you get a plus five bonus on all your Fortitude saves against Poisons, which is good because you start off as a rogue and you have a bad saving throw in Fortitude.
1: Alright, getting into this one is very simple, and I believe the rogue itself might even get this, or the ranger. Um, starting at level 2, an assassin gains Uncanny Dodge. Um, basically what it is is you can't be caught flat-footed when you're struck by an invisible attacker or somebody you don't know. Um, You still lose your dexterity to your AC bonus if immobilized, but basically you're so good at sneaking around and killing people from behind that they can't sneak around and kill you from behind. That's it.
0: All right. Uh, Improved Uncanny Dodge. It's just a better version of Uncanny Dodge. You get a few extra little things. And I think I'm going to have to take this last one. It's, it's a pretty, I, I took the, I took the arcane one. I will, I will give you this, this amazing ability.
1: is the reason to take an assassin. Great, you can assassinate as an assassin and you're basically a mega rogue, but this is the whole reason you want to be an assassin. At eighth level, which remember, eighth level is only level 13, or 14. Eighth level is 14, which is relatively low for something this good. An assassin can use the hide skill even while being observed as long as you're within 10 feet of a shadow. So your buddy says... leaves a shadow. Please <laughs> leave a shadow. Your pen leaves a shadow. The only shadow you can't hide in is your own. An assassin can hide himself from view in the open without having anything actually to hide behind. So what's great about this, and it's actually what's not in these rules that makes this rule great?
0: It doesn't specify how big the shadow has to be.
1: It also doesn't tell you how many times per day you can do it, which means there's no limit.
0: yeah, only I only know one of the class that gets this. they they get it sooner. that's the shadow dancer, but this is a good ability. I mean, you can literally... You don't even need, like... You, you, you can be in a room where there's no shadows being cast except by your party members and just hide behind the warrior. I mean, just hide behind the fighter. His shield is casting a shadow. Hide behind him. His bulky shoulders of... You know, his bulky shoulders uh, from from his armor. They are casting a shadow. Duck in there. Oh, Look! I can now gain ki- and and now I can, and now oh look I can now hide for three rounds behind the fighter and they walk up and go hey sneak attack oh dead it's an insanely insanely good uh, ability
1: well something that's fun to look at this also uh, just as like a last note before we have to probably start rating for the sake of time um, if you remember the arcane trickster. The Arcane Trickster at 7th level twice per day can get sneak attacks. Sneak attacks happen when people don't know you're there. Every single round, this doesn't even cost an action, I can just start hidden if I roll it because I'm near grass and (laughs) get a sneak attack every single attack. So when we're talking so bad about the Arcane Trickster that they only get it twice per day, this is why.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of why that's terrible. And, And this... I mean, and since you're going to have arcane spells and you sometimes want to be at a distance, this is a great way for you people that want to play the ranged rogue to make it actually work because you actually have enough skills and hide and enough hiding abilities that you actually can get more than, like, one shot off with a sneak attack. Like, with an assassin, Mm -hmm. you might be able to get probably not more than two or three, and you're probably going to get it every round, like like you can if you're stabbing with somebody. But hey, it's better than the one per combat.
1: All right, so let's get on to our little rating system then. So it sounds like you changed your idea on the Archmage. Where would you put the Archmage from Ranger to Banshee's Whale?
0: I am going to put both of these classes uh, on the fighter. Great! Great, I will never mock you for playing them. However, you're probably never going to see me play either one.
1: That is fair. I would actually like to put these on all right, NPC, and that's where I would put this on a scale. Even even your beloved assassin. <laughs> even the assassin because the problem with it is, um, the problem with it is what's good about it. And looking at both of these, they're just very bread and butter prestiges where they're not super bizarre. Um, like, you can kind of do... You can do shenanigans like the Archmage, what you're talking about. However, if you just wanted to play a normal super mage, you could do the Archmage. Um, if you just want to play a super rogue, you can do the rogue. Um, so I would put these as... They would make a great NPC.
0: Yeah. they're <laughs> In reality, they're just... Cracked out versions of the classes there. They're just rogue plus. They're just mage plus. There's nothing that... There's nothing really roleplay about them. There's nothing really uh, unique about them, and they're they're good. I mean, the the archmage is actually on paper insane and is better than any prestige class I would take if you're going for straight combat purposes. But that's not why we choose prestige classes.
1: All right, well.
0: All right, so we have... You never actually use the rating system. Uh, where are you going to put it? You put it as the fighter? You're going to put it as the druid? Mm-hmm. we are we going to have this scale here?
1: I think I would put this, since our scale is kind of wonky, um, since I feel like they're both just NPCs, I would actually give this on a scale of... Ranger to Banshee's Whale, I would call this a magic missile. It's work. It'll do exactly what you want it to do when you want it to do it. It will get the job done. It's not particularly thrilling.
0: Yep. Uh, Okay. It's like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's the peanut butter jelly sandwich classes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, we'll bring you more prestige classes next week. I forget which ones come next in the list, but we will see you all next time. All right. Have a great day. Bye.